0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com. State restrictions apply. Roster brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Bingo, fifty-seven dollar SGPN gift card for every bingo hit, and roster brought to you by SGPN's Fifty Seven Bets Challenge, five hundred seventy dollars cash and a five hundred seventy dollars gift card to the winner of the props contest. Get all of our info exclusively on the SGPN app and. If you're going to be out in Arizona for the big game, make sure to check out our live show at Ainsworth Thursday at 11 a.m. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, February 7th, currently 10:04 on the East Coast. Here to recap what we saw on Monday night and dig into the Tuesday night uh betting card in the association. But joining me, helped me to break it down here on this Tuesday episode. You guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast on the NFL Gambling Podcast as well. And of course, here on the NBA Gambling Pods Podcast, it's Scott Studio. Reichel, Scott, what's going on, my man?
1: Yeah, doing pretty well. Looking forward to going through the Tuesday card. Uh, had the luxury of watching Cam Thomas the last couple of days, which was a fun time as he's gone for 40 plus and two straight. Split the two games, but you'll take it. Either way, my Nets have been involved in a lot of headlines lately uh, with, of course, the Kyrie trade. I know you and Terrell broke it down yesterday. But overall, pretty, I'd say, interesting week for the team that I root for. And I'm actually not that bothered by what happened. I feel like everything that transpired is cool with me, and we're going to move forward and see what happens. Are they good enough to win a title? Probably not, but I don't think they were good enough in the first place. So I don't really think much has changed.
0: Who needs Kyrie when you have Cam Thomas out there? Uh, And also joining us, you guys know him as the newest voice on the NBA pod, it's Delonte Smith. Delonte, what's going on, brother? What's up, man? Looking forward to breaking down the Tuesday car. Uh, A few intriguing matchups. Hopefully we
2: can get on the right side of them.
0: Yeah, yesterday we had a pretty good day on the pod with myself and Terrell, um... I hit both my lock and dog. Terrell hit his lock. He also gave out the Josh Green uh, player prop uh, at about I think it was seven to one for him to score twenty plus last oh, night for the night. Dallas Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, I think he ended up with twenty nine. I believe in mm-hmm. that game um, as the Mavericks go on the road into Utah uh, and get the victory there. One twenty four, one eleven anything else that kind of stuck out to you guys last night uh obviously scott you touched on cam thomas uh i don't know if you want to expand on that or anything else that you saw around the association last night
1: uh i mean just for the overall game breakdown the nets loss which was expected i believe they covered the final number which i think closed at eight and a half yeah clippers not a great team i've said this several times even with Kawhi and paul george they have issues closing games last night they did a pretty good job in the fourth quarter but that Nets team that was missing, of course, everybody they traded Kyrie for and or everybody they uh, tr- got back in the Kyrie trade. And the fact that Kyrie got traded, the Clippers should have been easily ahead the entire game through. The fact that the Nets made it a battle just kind of tells me the Clippers are just an overrated team. I think they're fine. I don't think they're great. But, you know, the Nets ended up losing, but Cam Thomas became the I believe is the second youngest player to ever to ever drop back to back 40 pieces. Yep. Well, uh, LeBron yep. being the youngest, I thought his uh, post game quote, there is an all time quote there. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: it's, it's an all time quote. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, they told them that he was the second youngest guy to ever drop 40 in back to back games. LeBron being the youngest. And he's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm more of a Kobe guy, though. So it would have been cooler if it was him instead. <laughs> and I thought that was just an all time joke. Uh, by him, but yeah. Other than that, though, in the association, I'm trying to think of anything else that really jumped out to me. The Jazz loss is a favorite again. What else is new? Um I don't Clay? really have much more to add, to be honest. I mean, did you have really any takeaways? Because I feel like the main take the main shock was, I guess, Golden State winning by 27 without Curry. Clay. Except OKC doesn't play any defense anyway, so I'm surprised Clay went for 40 and change. You know, some somebody gonna have to step up with Curry being out. And of course that was going to be clay Pull the double double though. Shout out to him for 12 assists, but I don't really have many takeaways because I feel like there are a lot of blowouts and that Clippers game that I mentioned, which was an eight point game was actually the closest game on the entire schedule. So not many nail biting fourth quarters.
0: Yeah. uh, Like you mentioned there, clay last night had a great game for the golden state warriors, 15 of 22 from the floor, 12 of 16 from three point land. He ended the game with 42 points. Like you mentioned, also Jordan Poole, 21 points, 12 assists. Uh, But I think more importantly for player prop fans um – jordan Poole with another game without steph curry that had at least four turnovers uh that number was at three and a half hovering around anywhere from minus 105 to minus 115 for jordan Poole turnover so they were back on that train until the market maybe juices us out again uh delante anything takeaways from last night uh i think you guys pretty much uh hit on it
2: um the mavericks that was their first time winning in um in utah since 2016 uh i think i've seen that somewhere yeah and uh I mean, yeah, I think you guys hit it. Um, the Bucks had a good win, what I think is a good win over a Portland team who had been playing well uh, on the road and at home. They came in and obliterated uh, Portland. And the honest, I mean, he play- So I'm, I'm saying like 24 and 14. I had the over
1: 34 and a half points. You can, you can go nuts on it. Uh, yeah, you can, you can yeah. rant on. it. I thought he was not very good last night.
2: Yeah, he wasn't. Um, and they still, do- and they still dominated. So like, it, he was in a perfect matchup, perfect situation, um, with the. Blazers' front line being what it was. They didn't have Nurkic, if I'm not mistaken, right, Scott? He's nah. out
1: indefinitely. He yeah, uh, so, hurt his leg, I believe. So yeah. Plus, they're trying to trade him, trade anyway, him anyway. So yeah. I don't know yeah. if he's ever going to play for Portland again. We'll see. His contract's pretty rough, especially with how the league has kind of transitioned to the more athletic, uh, no other better way to put it, skinnier centers, if we're being mm-hmm. honest. I mean, you yeah. want to have guys that can have more switchability, and Nurkic is a drop pick-and-roll guy. He'll get torched every single time in the pick-and-roll. So, yeah, Portland's not good, especially in the front court. Giannis, I didn't think he was great. He played 23 minutes because of foul mm-hmm. trouble, and he had five turnovers. He was kind of all over the place, but mm-hmm. it didn't matter because Portland Lillard didn't do much either. So it was kind of mm-hmm. just a trade off of underwhelming performances by superstars. I know Giannis at the end had like 24, 13, and 8. Like his final mm-hmm. stat line was fine. But if you watch the game itself, yeah, it he was indicative really how out of sorts to start yeah. the game.
2: Yeah, so a couple things that I did. Uh, Keegan Murray look excellent for the Kings. Um, I think that pe- a lot of people, including myself, gave the Kings a lot of gripe for um, for drafting Keegan. I think over over Jaden. Um, and I think I mean I think they made the right decision. I think the team looks better with uh, Keegan Murray there. Uh, they played They haven't been playing well. Uh, Fox have been out for personal reasons. Uh, he came back and they blew out the the Rockets pretty much wire to wire. And uh, the Cleveland defense, man, they just shutting down everybody. Uh 20, 20 games of allowing uh under 100 points, 17 and three in that span. They allowed 91 last night. Uh, man, Cleveland is good. I just can't get with them on the wings. Like they gotta get somebody in there uh at that three three spot that can at least create their own shot. They gotta they gotta move Karis Lavert and um some of those guys a little bit down the bench uh, so that's my only concern with with the Cavs other than that man Garland is a star we all know about Mitchell um, yeah so that's the only few takeaways that I had other added to what you guys had
1: well I am going to yeah. ask though about that small forward position is your main concern about Lavert just being kind of all Correct. over the place or, yeah. or is it he's, also he, the he, fact he's... that him and Okoro I know Okoro had a good shooting game I think two games ago but he's basically a defensive specialist. So, do you think they need like a hybrid there? Or do you think that Okoro's fine? You just need someone who's more efficient and more, I don't know, more in touch with the team's needs than Wilvert. I'm trying to think yeah, of a good th- way to put it, but I yeah, think no, that's I, how I th- it's sum up Lavert.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think they just need some, like, they don't have any consistency. Like, one, like, a couple of games, you know, Okoro, and, and they had Seti Osman who was shooting lights out, but then, I mean, of course, he's unheard of from. Uh, from that point on so they just need some consistency uh, I think the easiest link obviously would be you know the OG and an OB thing. thing um, but like I just need to see them be able to take some pressure off of Garland and Mitchell obviously those guys are excellent but you want to be able to go to a couple of those guys uh, at your forward position and in the east I mean you're going to have to guard some pretty good small forwards uh, So, and I don't think that Okoro is I don't think he's ready just yet to, to, be that, to be that guy. So I don't think he's got much a,
1: offensive talent. That's he, why I brought it up. Yeah, I'm not he, gonna, he doesn't. He doesn't. I'm not comparing him exactly to like Roberson because Roberson was a historically bad offensive player or like a Tony Allen type. I think Okoro's better than that. But when you really watch the Cavaliers late in games and there's a big reason why this team has struggled to various points in the fourth quarter, if you're going to be giving Mitchell and Garland all the attention in the half court, Mobley's gotten better at creating his own shot is he great at it? No. And we know Allen's basically a rim runner who occasionally can hit a baby hook shot. Mm-hmm. They're going to dare a in the corner to hit shots the entire game, and he's not going to be able to do it about 80% of the time. So you mentioned going potentially for a home run uh, swing there with Ananobi. Do you think like Eric Gordon's good enough for this team, or do you think they need somebody better than that? Because I see I see Gordon really just being an upgrade over Levert while kind of yeah. maintaining the same role.
2: Yeah, that's, I think it's pretty much a pretty much a net positive like it's just going to balance out I don't think it's any better I don't think it's any worse Um, maybe to come off the bench it'll be better but I mean honestly I think maybe a vet presence is, is more so what they might go for if they're looking for Eric Gordon but they just need somebody who can who can actually play both sides of the ball effectively and consistently that's that's what that's what they're missing I mean they have to, to Bickerstaff's credit, he has given the ball more to Evan Mobley and had him, you know, try to create more. But I mean, that's just not what Evan Mobley does. You know, uh, he's he's getting better at it, but that's just not what he does. And so, if you're leaning on a less talented offensive version of Evan Mobley, then that just goes to show you that you do need, you know, some help at that position. But
1: yeah, I mean, that's I, just, I guess the point. Sorry, I guess the point I was trying to make, kind of, just to push back a little bit. You mentioned Ananobi, who I'm a big fan of as a player. Yeah. However, he never stays healthy and yeah, that's sure. a bit of a concern. Yeah, I guess what I'm wondering is that since the asking price for Ananobi is roughly three first-round picks, then again, we have no idea because of the Gobert trade and the DeJounte J- Murray trade, so we don't know what picks are worth anymore, and that's kind of been an issue in the entire season with trades because nobody knows how much a first-round pick's actually worth anymore. Yes. Do you think going kind of all in with three first-round picks for Ananobi is enough to get Cleveland over the hump. I guess that's kind of what I'm asking because you mentioned Ananobi yeah. who I like as a player, but with the injury concerns and mm-hmm. with just the overall questions on the what Cleveland needs, do you think Ananobi is the missing piece that will take them to the NBA finals? Because uh, I, I'm no, not I, so sure about that. Yeah,
2: yeah no, I'm, I don't but I do think if you if they want to to get to that level if they get Siakam, they be they be peak ready to to make some noise, uh, if they get Siakam, I like Siakam as a better option than Ananobi. But i have i know Ananobi has been linked to them, and well, he's shit, he's been linked to everybody, every team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, if, if they get Pascal, Pascal is a better suitor for that. He has got that. He's got NBA. I mean, he's got Finals pedigree. He's been—he didn't play extremely well um, in the playoffs at certain times, but he's been there. He's got the experience. He's a—he's a two-way player. He can shoot. He's fairly healthy, um, as you mentioned with OG. So I think Siakam, as far as, you know, short-term, like getting where they need to go faster, um, OG more so in the long run.
0: Yeah, I think that for for the Cavaliers, I mean, you talked about how good they are defensively. I I personally just feel like they need a, a, a like you mentioned, a 3 and D guy, that guy that can knock down a three-point shot consistently for them. Because um, you know that the attention from opposing defense is going to be on donovan mitchell and it's going to be on darius garland um and when you have a guy in the corner that can knock down those three-point shots for you you, know, you guys you know you mentioned eric gordon he doesn't play a lick of defense but i think offensively you know he he can create his own shot he can knock down those three-point shots for you as well so and like you guys mentioned you know siakam and og and anobi even fred van vliet have all i mean i'm not saying fred van vliet for this team but uh, everybody on toronto has pretty much been in trade rumors so we're approaching the trade deadline here on thursday it is tuesday hopefully we start getting some more news in and and you know teams like the cleveland cavaliers who have a great roster um i think that maybe not this year maybe not maybe next year i think they can be a a title contender or a team that can come out of the uh eastern conference um uh for the nba finals Uh, anything else from last night guys no i think we hit it all.
1: It's not only for last night, but you mentioned the trade deadline. Come, just a quick discussion. We know Kyrie was the main media point of who's going to be on the trading block, who's potentially going to get moved. That already happened. Mm -hmm. And we brought up, uh, Siakam we brought up, Van Vliet we brought up, mostly Raptors guys, but you have other guys around the league who might be shipped off. Utah might have a fire sale. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I know Vanderbilt's been linked and stuff like that. Not exactly a star player, but I think Vanderbilt's one of the best role players in the league. Mm Mm-hmm. How busy of a trade deadline are you actually expecting? Because once again, I have no idea what the market value is for a first round pick anymore.
0: I'm hoping we get chaos just so we have something, of course something we're to hoping talk for about. it. I'm just wondering, like, do you think
1: Anobi of- and all these other guys will actually be traded? Or do you think it's going to be a lot of rumor and it's kind of going to fizzle out at the end?
2: A lot of, um, a lot of like prominent media people like ESPN and, you know, like Yahoo and Fox, a lot of them have been saying like on record that they don't think anything's going to happen simply because like asking prices like they think that, you know, the asking price for certain players is uh, is absurd. And that teams and they go bear trade, not-
1: warp, warp the market.
2: Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just not going to work out. So they think it's going to be just a lot of phone calls, a lot like you saying, a lot of rumors. Um, I mean, I'm hoping they're wrong, but I mean, they're obviously linked to, you know, you know, it, talking to executives and people in the in the know uh, as far as team-wise. So a lot of them have been saying, like, they don't think it's going to be much at all. Maybe, like, you know, one or two moves that we that we would be, like, shocked by. But, like, other than that, they think it's going to be pretty quiet.
1: I think it's 50-50 yeah. for Ananobi. Yeah. I think Van Vliet has, like, an 80% chance of getting traded. Like, there's no chance they're going to end up signing him to a contract, especially with how right. much the team's underperformed. Mm-hmm. The only conversation to be had is, do you trade Van Vliet now or do you hope for a sign-and-trade in the offseason? I'd be shocked if Van Vliet was still on the team like four days from now.
2: Yeah, I would be too. Like,
1: I, there, It's it's like
2: 30 guys, like 30 35 guys that can legitimately be, be made, like cases can be made that they they could be traded. Like, So yeah. that's a lot. Usually when it's that many, nothing really happens because, I mean, you know, teams just – those deals in the summer, like, messed up everything. Like, they, if I'm predicting for Toronto,
1: though, I think Van Vliet will be the only guy traded. That's in my opinion. I think I think Ananobi and Siakam are going to stay. I think Van Vliet's pretty much has had his bags packed for a month, yeah. if I had to guess.
0: What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I, I would think so, too. I think Fred Van Vliet would probably be the first one, I think, to be traded from Toronto, then OG Ananobi. Uh, I know you know. yesterday there was talks that Nets and the Dallas Mavericks are trying to – or at least the Nets were trying to expand the uh, – deal into a three-team deal and you know Pascal Siakam's name was mentioned um to the Brooklyn Nets for you know obviously some type of package and draft capital so mm-hmm. I think the domino really is the Toronto Raptors right I think mm-hmm. Boj even you know said that that the, everybody's monitoring what Toronto is going to do whether it's going to be Fred Van Vliet on the move whether it's going to be OG and and possibly even Pascal Siakam I think the only one guy that's not touchable on that team right now is probably going to be Scotty Barnes so um, yeah, it'll be interesting what happens you know, in the six right now uh, with all these guys that are in trade rumors. So definitely uh, we'll have our uh, eyes and ears on all the trade rumors as we get to the deadline on Thursday. By the way, right, guys. sorry, just yeah. one more right, quick point,
1: just yeah. quickly. Yeah, yeah. Durant's not getting traded. Everybody oh. relax. Like, Durant's not getting traded. Like,
0: calm, chaos. calm down. It,
1: we want I'm just chaos. saying, People keep <laughs> saying, you know. Kyrie's gone is like, no, like the the team is still good enough to make a somewhat deep run, probably like a second, second round elimination. But still, they're not trading Durant. What do you have in your mind? Like, no, like he'll come back from injury. They'll figure it out. But people keep saying, you know, the Suns, Nets are going to blow it up. They're not going to blow it up. It's It's, not happening.
2: uh, Is KD slated? I know know I've seen um, something about him getting uh, evaluated this week. Is he like going to play before the All-Star break, you think, or? No, I'd I'd,
1: I'd be shocked if he was back before the All-Star break. I'm I'm assuming they'll give him the extra time off after that. Let him do some practice, some drills. They'll test out the leg and see how it is. But people keep trying to say, like, that's kind of people trying to manufacture chaos by throwing out superstar names that might be traded. Durant's not going anywhere. Westbrook's interesting, but, I mean, at this point, I don't know who would want him besides just accepting picks from the Lakers to take him.
0: Don't will take them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Because <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a first round pick attached to it.
0: Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. All right, guys. Before we get into the schedule for Tuesday, let me tell our listeners about our presenting sponsor, and that's going to be WinBed. Winbet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Winbet is active in a bunch of states, and there's a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays aka win bets build your own bet. the big game is here and win bet ha- has you covered great promos odds and payouts are happening right now over at WinBet. if you're ready to play sign up today to receive a special offer bet 100 and get 100 limited state availability And, of course, if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offers up to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 years or older and present in the state where play-through winbet is available. If you're somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And SGP will be doing a live show in Phoenix for the big game. And if you're going to be out in Arizona for the big game, make sure to check out SGP's live show at Ainsworth Thursday at 11 a.m. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. The show is free, and you'll be able to watch the show and have some drinks with the guys. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash game all right guys let's get into the schedule here for the uh tuesday games in the association why don't we kick it off with the first game on the board and that's going to be between the new york knicks uh they're in orlando here tonight guys uh the opening line for this game it's going to be a one and a half point opening line for the new york knicks as a road favorite um that number has pretty much stayed the course right now at minus one and a half for the New York Knicks. Uh, total opened up at 227 and a half. The number's been bent down to about 225 and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the New York Knicks, R.J. Barrett is questionable here tonight with a non-COVID-related illness. And Mitchell Robinson continues to be out for the Knicks as well. For the Orlando Magic, uh is continuing to serve that suspension. And Chumo KK is working his way back. He is on G League assignment for the Orlando Magic, um, Delante, why don't you lead us off with this game? The New York Knicks minus one and a half in Orlando here tonight.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of leaning to uh, to the Knicks side. Um, I don't like betting against the Magic right now. Uh, they are like one of the better ATS teams um, over the last ten games, seven and three ATS uh, over the last ten uh, overall, thirty-one twenty-two and one ATS with a sixteen and ten at home. Uh, they thrive as a dog. Twenty nine and seventeen. Uh, like I like how how they're playing. Um, I like some of the things that they've been doing, especially with Paolo and and Franz uh, being more in, being more assertive on the offensive end. Uh, they are returning home from a, a four game road trip, and usually I like to play against uh, teams coming home um off of a road trip simply because they're you know they're more relaxed. They're home. They they're taking care of business, uh, doing what they got to do for their families. But and and the Knicks are. I mean, they haven't been horrible uh, lately, 4-6 uh, ATS last 10. Uh, they are 17-9 on the road. Defense is still the problem uh, with them without Mitchell Robinson. And if they're going to be without R.J. Barrett, I would definitely look at some follow props because I don't think they have a defender who can uh, slow him down uh, if R.J.'s not there. They have been – this is their first road game since uh, January 26th, the Knicks. So mm-hmm. that's something to monitor as well. Um they did play a road game at Brooklyn but obviously you know they're still in New York. Um 7th so in again, so yeah. that's you know what else is there? 7th <laughs> in uh, offensive rating overall and also on the road. The the thing with the Knicks is they they just can't shoot. Like I have no idea what it is. The <laughs> bottom 7 effective field goal percentage and uh three point percentage. Like I have no idea why they just can't shoot the ball. Um, and that could be a problem against a Magic team with a, with a lot of guys who who can you know rip and run, and they don't have the best shooters, but they have more capable shooters than um, than the Knicks. So I guess the more I talk about this, the more I'm I should just not like the Knicks. But if I had to if I had to bet it, uh, I'm not. Uh, I would just lean to the Knicks uh, with a short number, but I'm probably gonna be staying away. Uh, Scott.
1: I'm going to lean to the Knicks as well. Uh, I don't feel great about it. I think I'm going to lean to the under, actually, in this game. But, yeah, I know that uh, DeLonte and I are going to disagree briefly on this point. I don't think RJ Barrett's a good player, so I don't mind him being out of the lineup. I'm just going to be honest. I think he's a high-usage, low-efficiency guy. I like man. I don't think it's a coincidence that he missed the game and they beat Philly. That's all I'm saying. Uh, That's how I look at it. But, I don't know. I just think Barrett's a guy who takes so many shots all the time, and a lot of them aren't even good shots. And I feel like with him being out of the lineup, I kind of like the ball movement a bit more. You get the ball in Brunson and Randall's hands more. I don't know why Barrett's taking 21-plus shots in each of the last two games. It's just kind of a situation where I feel like the Knicks will actually be able to Kind of just have more of an identity, in my opinion, with Barrett being out because I do like the ball being in your best two players' hands. And yes, I know Barrett's an okay defensive player. I think according to advanced metrics, actually, he's the worst defender on the team uh, because, well, Fournier hasn't gotten any minutes. So he's, of course, you know, uh, banned from this conversation because he doesn't qualify. But still, Barrett, I, I forgot, was it Clyde Frazier who mentioned something on the air about him being horrible at defense? Claude is cloud is extremely Clyde is wild, funny. man. Didn't he is say wild that league. though? He like says against the stuff, Heat, bro. it was against the Heat, I think. Didn't you say like Barrett's an awful defensive player or something like that? What, like according to stats, he is. I just don't like Barrett that much, and he might play in this game. He might not. I actually kind of hope he doesn't. But I'm not gonna go into a full on RJ Barrett rant. I'll put it this way: I think that he's a guy who thinks he's a lot better than he is, and Knicks fans keep holding out hope that he's going to become this guy because the first two picks were Zion and John Moran. That's all I'm going to say. He's fine. If he's a top three player on your team, you're probably screwed. I think he's more of a fourth or a fifth guy on a potential title team. I'm not a fan of his game. So if he's out, it personally does not bother me that much.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I I give you you crushed saying.
0: I said it was going to hurt your feelings. No, 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 no. no, no. No, no,
2: no. I mean, I'm not not, like – I don't have, like, extremely high stock, but I do think, like, maybe the Knicks just not – the the system is not for what he's like what he's capable of doing. Um, I don't think I don't think he's you know great like you know top, whatever player. But I just think he does some things well. He's not consistent. I do I do agree he sh- he takes bad shots. That's true. And I think most of the time he takes those bad shots because I mean when he's on the floor with Randall Brunson he don't get the ball. Yeah. So he's like when well, I get the ball, shit, I'm shooting it like because I know and that's I'm kind of the get...
1: point though. It's, yeah. it's, it's a spot where I agree with you that he's not a good fit, but it's because. He's a player who needs the ball in order to have any chance of being successful. Does he move off ball? Not really. I, I mean, that's kind of the thing. He's a ball-dominant guard when you have two other ball-dominant players in in Brunson and in Randall who we can agree are significantly better than you. That's kind of the problem. Yeah, he doesn't have a definitive role because he wants to be the main shooter on a team that has two much better players on the roster. So I don't I look- think it's a good fit. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I, and I will say this: I, I like I like Quentin
2: Grimes a lot better. Like I I love Quentin Grimes whenever he came out of Houston. And why is like, that? Because he knows his role, and and he can he can shoot, he can play defense, he's smart, got a high IQ. I think RJ just like tries too hard. Like you said, he thinks he's better than what he is. We even got a we even got a Duke fan who don't even like RJ. What in the hell is going on?
1: Yeah, Matt <laughs> agrees with me. He's a high volume shot shaker, a shot taker. You can just say it like this: He's a chucker. It's fine. Oh, you yeah, know? I mean, I'm, yeah, like yeah. I'm not
2: even, I'm not even disagreeing with, with with any of what you said. I think I just like some of the things that he can do. Maybe he'll just have to like reshift his game to, to be more of of like a, like a defender and slasher. Because I mean, he does take bad shots, and I think a lot of that is contributed to the the Knicks don't run a. Let's just be honest; they don't run a the the highest IQ of offenses. So it's kind of just. It's it's very know. stagnant. Yeah. You know. So I mean, just. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, maybe I should just take the magic. Uh, The hell with it.
1: (laughs) My point is I'm going to lean to the under because Barrett's going to take – Barrett takes a lot of shots. I mean, I'll lean to the under because I'm still not exactly sold on the overall playmaking of the rest of the team. But I just think that the bench unit might be an absolute mess if you're going to put Brunson and Randall on the bench together because I don't exactly – I guess quickly can do it himself. We'll see. But the point is I'm going to lean to the under, but we'll see how the Knicks look without him. I just don't think it's a coincidence that they only gave up 97 points to Philly when Randall has statistically speaking been arguably their worst defensive player on the roster. That's all I'm
0: saying. Yeah, I didn't have much on the on the side here. I agree with Scott about the under in this game. You take a look at both of these paint defenses. Um their top uh Top six, if you want to be exact, New York right now, season-long number one. Obviously, that has probably changed with Mitchell Robinson. Um, but Orlando, also number six, at least points inside the paint allowed, which also just kind of translates to what you, both of you guys are saying, that at least New York's not a very good three-point shooting team. They're number 23 as far as team percentage goes. They only make about 12 per game, which is barely above league average. Uh, Orlando is even worse at shooting a three-point shot. So I think that you'll see a, a brick fest here tonight between these two squads. Um, and again, the pace is below league average for both of these teams as well. So the number right now at 225 and a half, I think was the number I said. Uh, yeah, um, I, I do like the under in this game. That's my favorite play. If I had to, uh, if I had to pick a side, uh, I would go with, uh, I'd probably lean Orlando as a home dog here, but uh, I'm not going to be playing the side here. The under is a play for me in this game. Uh, player props, uh, LG mentioning, uh, what do we think about Julius Randle over four and a half assists here tonight? Uh, Scott, uh, if you want to address that and if you know, uh, yeah, had any other player props that you want to, uh, throw out for this game.
1: Yeah. So for the sake of this game, I'll assume that RJ Barrett's not going to play. He might, I'll assume he won't, but either yeah. way, uh, cause he has an illness and you never exactly know how that's going to go, but either way, yeah. uh, the point is if Barrett's out, I'm going to take the over on Randall assist because he should have the ball in his hands more. I mentioned mm-hmm. before that Baird has basically been averaging like 20 shot attempts per game. So if he's not going to be in the lineup, that means you're going to have the ball in Randall's hands more. So I like the over there. I am looking at Wendell Carter double-double, uh, just trying yeah. to quickly pull up those odds. But I know Munaf and I are expecting an under, which means you're going to get a decent amount of missed shots. Yep. But the Knicks, without Mitchell Robinson, their paint defense isn't great. It's been fine. Hardenstein's kind of had a nice little run there for the last couple of weeks. And Sims is an athletic guy. A lot of foul trouble, you know, not much offensive talent or whatever. But the point is, the Knicks don't exactly have many centers that can stretch the floor. So Carter mm-hmm. Jr. should be in the paint a lot. Worst case scenario, battling on the glass with these guys. I like the double-double for Wendell Carter Jr. I think it's a good matchup, and he should play a decent amount of minutes. And as you can tell, I'm stalling to pull up the odds. I got I keep it. keep talking. Uh, uh, let's see, plus 160. Yeah. I think
0: that's a good price. I'll take yeah. Wendell Carter double-double. Delonte, uh, any player props in this game?
2: Uh, i like uh Paolo over rebounds um he's it's six and a half right now uh he's went over in the last five games um what they've been doing with him um i, I mean I, I watch a lot of orlando magic uh games because i like i like how the team is constructed so basically when he when him and Franz are in the game whenever they're just the primary guy i mean they're always the primary guys but once they you know dummy it down a little bit and give the starters a break they basically run Franz at the point and have Uh, paulo posting up so he's more so in the post and uh, at that free throw line extended so the reason why i like this is because the knicks are you know one of the better rebounding teams in the nba so if if windows carter is is out of the game then paulo's gonna have to be more assertive um, on the glass so like i said he's went over um, in the last five Uh, i'm expecting a lot of a, a lot of misses from both teams they can't shoot so uh yeah i like paulo over six and a half rebounds
0: that's the only one i got all right anything else for this game guys
1: no, that's a quickly threes, maybe, maybe.
0: Yeah, he's been uh, he's been playing a lot more, hasn't he? Especially with R.J. Barrett not there. So I like quickly, man. He, come, come on, quickly, Scott. Like, yeah, we gotta, gotta agree like on quickly. That. We we disagree okay, okay, on okay, Barrett, okay, but right, I like okay, quickly. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, quickly. uh He's been knocking down some three point shots. He he was oh for three in this in that Sixers game, but prior to that, uh, three for seven, two for five, two for six, and four for seven. So. Uh, he's shooting at about 39.3% over his last five games. Um, yeah, so it might be worth a look. All right, guys, uh, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be the Phoenix Suns in Brooklyn here tonight to take on the Nets. Looking at the opening line for this game, currently seeing that the Phoenix Suns opened up as a 4.5-point favorite, that number's been bet up to 55 uh, total opened up at uh, 226. That number's been bed down to 225. Looking at the injury report uh, for the Phoenix Suns, uh, Devin Booker is probable here tonight. He will be limited in his minutes. Uh, that was the latest report that I did see. Uh, Josh Okogi is available here tonight, and Campaign and Landry Shamit continue to be out. For the Phoenix Suns Uh, for the Brooklyn Nets that did play last night, like we talked about at the top of the show against the L.A. Clippers did take the loss um, by eight points, 124, 116. Ben Simmons did not play last night, but he is supposed to play here tonight against the uh, Phoenix Suns. Uh, Scott, why don't you lead us off with this game with your team hosting the Phoenix Suns here tonight as a five and a half point home underdog?
1: Well, Ben Simmons should be trading because he's got to bump up his uh, zero trade value. So they're going to have to see what he can do about (laughs) it. He looks
2: more happy on the bench than he does when he's playing.
1: He gets to show off his outfits. Uh, But anyway, I'm going to link to Phoenix Why was he wearing a
0: beanie? Why (laughs) Uh, was he wearing a beanie inside yesterday? I I wasn't going to say anything
1: because I still remember the clown clown suit he was wearing uh, courtside in one of those Celtics playoff games. Uh, But still, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to link to Phoenix here. And I do like the over for a team total for Phoenix. That's probably my favorite play. I like the Phoenix team total over. The thing about Cam Thomas is that he's a great scorer. The reason why he has barely played in his entire career, he can't guard anybody. And when you're looking, he plays no defense at all, you know, it is what it is when you can drop 40 in back-to-back games. But the Nets defensively have been an absolute disaster. The last 3 games, 139, 123, 124. They can't stop anyone. And with Devin Booker being back, yes, he will be on a minute restriction. Will he be rusty? Maybe. I think Phoenix is good enough offensively to exploit a team that doesn't even pretend to guard anybody. I like Phoenix. I think it's a good spot. The Nets should be fatigued. I'm not expecting Cam Thomas to drop 40 again after he had to play 30-plus minutes last night. Give me yeah. Phoenix in the spot, but I will take the team total over for Phoenix. This Nets defense... Good luck to you. And Simmons, he might be rusty as well. I'm not sure how many minutes he's going to play. He might be in foul trouble the entire time. Who knows? But give me Phoenix team total over. It's probably my favorite bet on this game.
0: Yeah, I think this is, what, third game in four nights for the yeah. Brooklyn Nets. Um, so, obviously, that's never a favorable position. And like you just talked about there, Scott, uh, the defense of the Nets just not been very good uh, for the past several weeks here. Um yeah i'm with phoenix here as well i think that this is a good spot for them even with devin booker coming back i I think that it'll take him some time probably get some rust off since he's missed about what close to a month maybe over a month Mm -hmm. at this point he is going to be limited like we talked about in as far as minutes here tonight maybe i don't know i haven't seen the exact number yeah yeah i probably say 20 yeah something in that range um but since cp3 did come back this this phoenix team has looked pretty good I, i think that He's a, obviously been able to command the offense. You have a guy like CB3 on the floor um, and getting his guys in the right spots. So I think Aiden should have a big night here tonight as well as for at least rebounding. We saw what Zubak was able to do last night as far as getting a double-double. Um, but yeah, I agree about Phoenix and, and also do like what Scott said about the Phoenix Suns team total. Those were the team totals. I think what my my more favorite play is in this game as well with Scott. Uh, Delonte, what do you got for this game?
2: Yeah, I love Phoenix. Uh, I, just make it, uh, I just make it consensus like uh, Phoenix has been one of the teams I've been betting on since Chris Paul has been back uh, over the last 10 games. They're 8-2 ATS. Uh, what really has changed their their team around is they're playing better defense. And I've seen an interview with Devin Booker where they were talking about uh, some of the recent success that the Suns have been having. And he contributed to the defensive end. He was saying how guys have just locked in defensively and bought in instead of trying to do their own thing, uh, being with, you know, they had so many players in and out of the lineup that some guys were just in there, you know, playing for a contract, which is, I mean, I don't blame them for doing that, yeah. but they just weren't playing together as, as a defensive unit. So since then uh, they're tied for first in defensive rating uh, in the last 10 games, uh, They're sixth in defensive efficiency on the road. So the defense travels, um, they've allowed under 110 points in three of the last five games uh, so I think the the team is trending up, and they're getting Booker back, which is basically sliding everybody down from a role perspective. So Mikael Bridges is not gonna have to do a lot of the scoring, um, and although he will be limited, uh, I'm pretty sure if it's a tight game that they'll pretty much stagger his minutes so he can you know close out the game like they did somewhat with um, with Anthony Davis. I don't know if you guys remember uh, in that game mm. they kind of they kind of like tinker his his lineup. I mean with the lineup. Uh, because it was a closer game, so I don't think this one's going to be close. Uh, Brooklyn back off back to back, like like you guys mentioned. Um, I just think it's a perfect spot for the Suns getting the shot in the arm with Devin Booker being back. Uh, I just I like how the Suns team is playing. I bet them to win the Pacific and to win the um, West. I put those futures in probably about a month ago, right before this run started. So um, I'm hoping they can continue this. Um, you know, Scott brought up the defense. I think that Aiden... The eight and Chris Paul pick and roll is going to thrive. Devin Booker in the corner. Um, I seen somebody talk about his points in the in the chat. I don't know if if I go under that, because I mean he could come out and score 15-16 in the first quarter. You know what I'm saying? So just, there's too uh, much
1: uncertainty for me. Yeah, so yeah, I I, I stay,
2: away. I stay away from that. Um, but as far as the, the game, I, I love Phoenix
0: in this spot. Uh thoughts on the total also, uh Delonte?
2: Yeah, I would I would probably lean under. Um, Phoenix, like I said, Phoenix defensively has been playing well, and I don't think Brooklyn's going to have the legs to be able to – they played – that game, although it wasn't – like it didn't seem, I guess, closer at the end, but like they were in it, like the whole game. They were in it. They were leading at the half. I mean, they um, were in it
0: with about two minutes
2: left of it. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They yeah. Were. I, just, I just think they exerted a lot of energy, and they got a fresh Phoenix team coming in, getting a star player back. I don't think it bodes well for – um for the nets offensively and it took uh, it took 47 from from cam thomas i i mean yeah. i'm not gonna doubt cam thomas because he might shoot 60 times and score 40 again but uh i don't know if they're gonna get enough from from all those other guys and and who knows what's gonna happen with uh some of the in- i don't think they released the injury report right uh for no, Mark, I
0: not yet but yeah, i so. think the only thing was that that uh ben simmons will play tonight yeah, I mean he
2: don't matter so. Yeah,
0: but uh, that that gives me more incentive to to, to bet the under. Yeah, but
2: I I like the under. Uh, I, I'm
0: not gonna be playing it. I'm, I'll be with Scott playing the team total of, of Phoenix over. All right, uh, let's get into some player props here, guys. Uh, uh, Scott, why don't you lead us off?
1: So we talked about Aiden. Uh, yep. Aiden against the Nets. He's had a couple of really really big games, and with Chris Paul being back in the lineup, of course, the pick and roll game should be nice. And Booker should definitely take some attention away, so teams can't just constantly be focused on Aiden because. He was their main offensive threat for a couple of weeks there. Uh, They played earlier this year, and he had 24 and 14 against the Nets back on January 19th. Had a couple quiet games in 2022 and late 2021. Had a 20 and 13 game also. But if you want to go all the way back to like 2018, 2020, uh, he had 25 and 17, 26 and 18, 15 and 13. I think he's in line to have a pretty good game. I like him on the glass. His rebounds are 10 and a half. I like the over there. Points, I think, is kind of interesting because you never know when Aiden's going to be really soft around the basket, and he, we know that he's kind of a finesse big man. I prefer the rebounds. We saw Zubac clean up on the glass yesterday. I think Aiden cleans up on the glass today. Give me Aiden over 10 and a half rebounds.
0: Yeah, I like that one as well. Uh, both of those guys, at least uh, Aiden 155 for his double-double. Uh, Nick Claxon 150 for his double-double. Jalance, um, any player props you like in this game?
2: Yeah, so I like a few. Uh, I
0: like Chris Paul
2: assists uh, over eight and a half. half. Um, he's went over in six of the last nine, and now he's get. You know, Cam Johnson's gonna be playing uh, Devin Booker, so he's gonna have some more spot up shooters um, versus those other guys that were playing. Mm. So I like him over his uh, over his assist. He'll be more of a, he'll be orchestrating a lot more uh, in that pick and roll, being able to find those guys. So I like him over, and I also like uh, Devin Booker over threes. Um, I'm trying to find a number um, on it, but I couldn't find it. If you guys can help me Booker out. Booker threes. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh Probably while you see, look that up, the Suns team total is one fifteen and a half.
2: Yeah. Uh okay, one and a half. I see one and a half. Yeah. Booker threes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like Booker Threes uh, over simply because I mean with, with that injury, I highly, highly doubt that he's gonna be like attacking the rim you know, with aggression. So I think he's gonna be more spot up shooting. So I can see him, you know, kind of just running off a couple of screens, couple of pin downs, and, and shooting some threes. So I like him over one and a half threes uh in this game. It's minus one twenty five. It's a little bit of juice, but I mean if he's gonna play twenty to twenty five minutes, I, I think he can I think he can sink a, a couple of threes.
0: Yeah, especially coming off of like a growing injury, right? That sidelined yeah, him yeah. for about close to a month. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that he's gonna want to uh you know push it too much. Um but I mean, he's had a lot of success against his Nets team. I know he hasn't played them uh, this season, but last three games, he's had 35, 30, and 36. But again, I think, like we talked about, too much uncertainty. And obviously, obviously, sorry, shaking off the rust is what I'm trying to say as well for Devin Booker here tonight. So uh, be cautious when you're playing with him. Uh, obviously, we do kind of address the uh, Cam Thomas points prop. I don't see it up yet.
1: He might not play. I, I mean, based on the amount of effort he put in, the Nets might just wave the flag on the game tonight, we'll see.
0: Yeah. Um, I I mean, I would probably be the contrarian guy and go under on his on it, if he does play here tonight. Like Scott mentioned, I only see Royce Royce O'Neal player props up as far as Nets players right now. Or sorry, Claxton and Royce O'Neal here tonight, but I don't see Cam Thomas up yet. Um, you have any guys have any thoughts on Cam Thomas before we move on? At least for his props here tonight, if he does play here,
1: I don't know what the number's going to be, so I
2: got no thoughts yeah, at all. Yeah, man, but I I wouldn't put it that man Cam Thomas. I, I watched him at LSU high school. He's gonna shoot. It don't matter. Oh, that's he never a passes at all. Like he know. is going to shoot, and that's—I mean—that's the reason why he wasn't playing. He doesn't do anything else well but shoot. That's it. Yeah. Like he's a great shot creator, uh, but I mean, I would probably under just contrarian, like you moon off. I, I just don't think that he'll be able to. He exerted a lot of energy last night, and they—they yeah. they were like the Clippers were trying. They had Kawhi on him at times. They had Paul George on them at times. Uh, even Norman Powell, who's not the best defender but he's a capable defender um yeah and they couldn't slow him down so yeah I, w- I would just lean to the under it'd probably be maybe like 20 i would say 24 25 something like that
0: yeah all right let's get over to the next game of the night it's going to be the atlanta hawks in new orleans here tonight to take on the pelicans looking at the opening line for this game uh this number opened up in favor of the new orleans pelicans a minus two Uh, The number has pretty much stayed the course at minus two. Uh, Do see some minus one and a halves out there as well. Uh, Total opened up at 234. Uh, That's been bent up to around 237. See some 237 and a halves out there as well. Uh, Looking at the injury report for both of these teams. For the Atlanta Hawks, pretty clean injury report. Nobody is on there. For the Pelicans, uh, Dyson Daniels is going to be out for this game. Brandon Ingram is probable here tonight. Jonas Valanciunas is also probable here tonight. And uh, Zion continues to be out dealing with the uh, right hamstring strain. Um, Delonte, why don't you lead us off for this game? Let's call it minus two right now for the Pelicans hosting the Atlanta Hawks.
2: Yeah, man, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have no idea what to do with either of these teams. Like zero, zero idea <laughs> what to do with them. Um, like the the Pelicans have, have been playing like under the basketball in the, like the past maybe before they before this last few games stretch, like the last seven or eight games, they could barely score like 105, and then they mm-hmm. rattle off 130-plus in the last two games. Like, So yeah. I, I just don't get this team. Um, they are the second best in offensive efficiency in the last three games. Um, on the other side, Atlanta, 6-4 and four ATS the last 10. They scored 120-plus in three of the last five, fourth in offensive efficiency on the road. So that would lead me to an under. But as far as the side, I would just lean to, to Atlanta. Um, I don't have much in this game. I don't know what to do with either team. Uh, I'll likely be on Atlanta money line, uh, just getting more bang for your book. I don't think that New Orleans can defend. Obviously, they've been giving up a lot of points. Um, and with Ingram, Ingram is out, you said, right? Uh, he's probable. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, definitely. I definitely lean over. Um, but, yeah, as far as the side, I'd lean to Atlanta. I think they'll have problems with the pick and roll with Trey. And some of those guys on the inside should be able to um, get some shots at the rim over that. It, their front line isn't the greatest. Uh, Valanchunas has been losing minutes to, to Larry Nanton simply because they want to play a little bit smaller and get you know some more spacing on the floor so Ingram and CJ can operate. But uh, I don't have a good feel for the game, man. I, I, I'll i be playing Atlanta, but I won't love it. Uh, Scott? Scott?
1: Yeah, I'm going to lean to the Pelicans in this one uh, just because I like them at home a lot. they on the road. It's been okay lately, but I'm still not a big fan. New Orleans, though, beat Sacramento by 32 points at home. Like that's, I feel like that's a nice win. They broke the seal. They beat the Lakers. They had lost 10 straight, and I'm going to back New Orleans here. They're just a very good home team. This game seems like a coin flip to me, but the home road splits are pretty alarming to me, and also the fact that total's gone up. New Orleans has scored 131 in back-to-back games. I'll link to the over, but I do think that New Orleans has a good chance to go for 130 again. Trey didn't play last game. Was that a maintenance issue, or is he potentially a bit banged up?
0: I think it's probably maintenance issue. With I know he's been dealing with, what was it, Been an ankle, I think, for Trey said he Young? he
1: Saturday's game with an illness.
0: Hey, man, okay. why don't nobody like Trey? Let me ask you all that. Why nobody likes don't
2: nobody like Trey? Sp- no, I mean, just huh. like, I don't think, like, people just like Trey. They, do you know why
1: he them? wasn't in the All-Star game, or do you mean, like, why do people just... Gen- genuinely don't like him, or they both, think he's over I, guess, it.
2: I, I Both get, I guess, because I mean, people. This was the same narrative that he had in college. Like his teammates didn't like playing with him. Um, like he was just kind of like trying to be like above them or, or, or whatever. I think he's like the Kyler Murray of the NBA.
0: Yeah, that's a good comparison. That's I, fair. I don't have I don't have problems with Trey Young. I mean, I don't, I, I don't I, think he should honest. have been an
1: All Star. For being honest. Yeah, I,
0: don't think, I don't think so either. Yeah, I think that's just because he's the numbers that he like he's putting up. I mean, there's, I don't know how many players right now that are averaging more than 25 points per game. Um, I don't have a problem with them. I mean, I like watching them play, but I really don't follow the Atlanta Hawks in depth as much as maybe some other teams for me to know what the dynamic is going on in Atlanta. I know there was a lot of rumors. Yeah. Um, with John Collins going back to last season, I think we talked about him a lot. Uh, with with uh, with Nate McMillan, their head coach as well. So the player Trey Young. I mean, look, I think he's fine. Um, I, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if Scott, do you have anything to add about Trey Young? I, I don't have much about Trey Young.
1: I just think that in general, he's an inefficient basketball player. I think that the main concerns you have with him are the shot selection, uh, the questionable decisions, which kind of correlate to that and the fact that he also does not play any defense whatsoever. So I can understand why teammates don't like him when you constantly have to cover up for him defensively, and if he's going to give you 30 and 10, but he gives up 50 on the other end, that doesn't exactly do you much of a favor in terms of net positive. But you're looking at Young this season, and why I mentioned it before on the – I think it was the Friday show with Terrell. He's averaging 27 points per game. He's shooting 43% from the floor. He's averaging 4.1 turnovers per game. And for a guy that's well-known for taking a bunch of long-distance threes, he's really a crappy three-point shooter. He is, though. If you though. Want to go he by is. percentages, yeah, he is. Yeah. he's horrible. He is. Like, if you want to look at Trey's three-point numbers, he's mm-hmm. never shot better than 38.2% from, the, from three, and that's a good season. His second-highest season is 36.1%. In his career, he's 34.8% from three, and he chucks a lot of three-pointers from Curry range. He's not an efficient scorer, and he doesn't play any defense. That's (laughs) That's really the problem that I have with him. But he puts great counting stats. He's a great counting stats guy, but if he's your best player, you're not going to win many games.
2: It, it's just, it seems like nobody like like i've heard i've read some stuff about like people in it like in the like atlanta who like watch the team and cover them in depth i know people saying like they want him traded like i'm like wow it's just it can't be that I, bad i know him him and uh, mcmillan had the issues and you know with the whole uh you know staying home thing uh but like i don't know man i just i don't know it's just weird i mean but you know, that trend, it, it follows you. Like, it would, I know for a fact that my, my cousin was there at Oklahoma um, whenever he was there, and he pretty much told me, like, those guys didn't like playing with him. Was which it is why when things were going good. well
1: or when they lost, like, 10 of 12 and somehow made the tournament anyway and then lost to Rhode Island in the first round? Both. That, like, that fell off a cliff so fast, Yeah, time yeah, like, at Oklahoma.
2: From, from the beginning. From the beginning, he said they didn't. Like, especially when he started getting, you know, started going off a 30 plus like did you say it like people just he was just wearing on people like yeah so
0: um all right let's get over to the total in this game uh Scott who are you who
1: are you picking Got Pelicans or Hawks
0: oh yeah I'm taking Pelicans that's been my team all season long um I know they they obviously were dealing with injuries with uh BI being out for so long and then now Zion being out but I think at home I like you mentioned Scott I like Pelicans at home here um they've been playing great basketball as well but uh, I think that that they, the Pelicans, I think, finally have turned a corner here with getting Bi back, with having CJ on the floor. Uh, Trey Murphy uh, has been great for them as well. Uh, I think at home here, I really do like the Pelicans here uh, with the minus two um, total here, Scott. We're looking at two thirty-seven.
1: I'm on the I'm on the over. Uh, New Orleans scoring 131 in back-to-back home games. I don't like their defense either. That is why Nance has played more. It goes back to switchability. Valanchunas is a good player. He plays basically 20 minutes now. If it was, he'd be a multi time all star if it was the 1990s, but unfortunately, we've moved <laughs> further away from the basket. So I understand why Nance is playing more minutes. I'm not a Nance guy because he's really not a good offensive player. But for defensive purposes, and when you have Ingram and McCollum and Zion when healthy, you don't need another score. Nance really should be their main center in crunch time minutes.
0: Yeah, you
2: should. Yeah. I wish we could, I wish I'm a Carolina fan so I wish we could take him and ship his brother back to Northwestern. <laughs>
0: uh Atlanta thoughts on total. Yeah, I'm over
2: uh both teams playing well off offensively um especially I don't think either team's going to have a problem st- uh, scoring the ball. The the one thing that does um that does well for us is both teams they, they get to the line a lot. I know uh Terrell's in the in the chat saying about the stop foul. Uh, Trey's gonna get to the line. I mean it's just inevitable. No matter what kind of rule changes they make, he's gonna get to the line. He's crafty with the ball. Um he, he's gonna get to the line. And then when they go small, DeJounte Murray's gonna he, he's gonna punish somebody. He he loves like posting up smaller guards. And getting physical at the point of attack, so I like the over. I think free throws going to be in abundance in this game, also.
1: Just uh, yeah. guard him. Like who's Herb going to guard in this game?
2: I would I think know. he guards Trey to put some length on him.
1: Think so? Okay.
2: Yeah, I, I would. Yeah. I would think so. That's that's what I would think.
0: Yeah, if you uh, look at their their numbers as far as totals go, especially non conference games here, uh, Atlanta number two in the entire league at fourteen and six towards the over at seventy percent. Uh, in New Orleans, 14-9 and nine at 60.9%. I know uh, Terrell has been an advocate of these non-conference totals. Um, so there, there are a couple of trends that are – or stats that are pointing towards the over in this game, uh, even though it is a big number here tonight. Uh, player props, uh, do you guys uh, like in this game? Uh, Delonte, to start with you, anything that you like?
2: Yeah, I like Trey um, over 9.5 assists and for him to get a double-double. Um, like Scott brought up, I think Herb's going to be more so – um, on him, so he might not be able to to you know score twenty five to thirty. So I think he'll be more orchestrating the offense, and I, I think that they'll have some success with those wing guys. They have a lot of wing depth. Um, I think the the Hawks and Pelicans are pretty similar in in some at their current state, not as a whole, but at their current state, I think they're pretty similar um, right now. So I look for a uh, trade to get everybody else involved um, and get over not an emphasis.
0: Uh Scott, any player props?
1: Yeah, I'm with you on Trey. Just because I roasted him doesn't mean that I think it's a bad matchup for him. <laughs> I think he's in a good spot. Once again, the total's 237. Right? Yeah. I'm not taking many unders with a total of 237. I think you'll see a decent amount of overall points, so I do like Trey assists as well. I thought about maybe taking a Capella double-double, but I'm not sure if he's going to get enough minutes. I thought about it, though. Uh, double-double for Capella is minus 105, though, so I think I'm going to stay away from that one. Uh, I think Trey's in a very good spot. I'm trying to think of, if there's anything else I like, maybe like a sneaky play on John Collins' double-double at plus 430. What is Trey double-double? Like minus 105, minus 120, give or take. So it's basically just flip a coin, but I think it will go over. So Trey Young's double-double is my favorite play here for a player prop. I am thinking Collins plus 430 for double-double, but I don't feel great about it. I just think for a guy that should play a decent amount of minutes in this matchup, it's a pretty good price.
0: Uh, Clint Capella, six, six, six straight double doubles against the Pelicans, uh, dating back all the way to 2019 when he was with the Rockets. They did match up earlier this season, uh, in Atlanta. Capella in that game had 21 points and 19 rebounds. Uh, that game ended with a 121 124 final score, but that game did go into overtime, um, between those two squads. Um, Trey Young in that game, 34 points, 10 assists. DeJounte Murray had a triple-double in that game, 22 points, 10 rebounds, and 11 assists uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, All right, anything else for this game, guys? No. No? All right, let's keep it rolling here. Uh, Three games still to get through here. Let's go with the Chicago Bulls in Memphis here tonight to take on the Grizzlies. Uh, Looking at the opening line in this game, the... Memphis Grizzlies open up as a 7.5-point favorite. That number's been bet up to minus 8. Uh, total opened up at 233. That number's up to 235. Looking at the injury report for the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, Steven Adams we know is out with a PCL strain. Zyre Williams is also on G League assignment. Um, and those are pretty much the significant names for the Memphis Grizzlies. Chicago did play last night at home against... Uh, the San Antonio Spurs took care of business there. Uh, haven't seen any news if anybody is going to sit in this game or not for the uh, Chicago Bulls. But um, Scott, why don't you lead us off with the side here? Let's call it minus eight in favor of the Memphis Grizzlies hosting the Chicago Bulls.
1: So I'm not sure who on Chicago is not going to play. I know this team has been horrible on the road, but overall Chicago's actually been OK recently. Yep. I'm taking the Bulls. I know that you make an argument on the road. You want to fade Chicago and all that stuff. How the hell am I supposed to lay eight and a half with Memphis right now? They've lost, what, eight of nine? Mm-hmm. Steven Adams has proven to be an invaluable piece to that team. And with him being out, the rebounding advantage, which I believe they were number one in the league, has fallen off a cliff. And the team in general doesn't seem to have much cohesion. It also helps when Steven Adams is probably the best screen setter in the entire league. You can yeah. argue him or go Gobert, but Adams is a damn brick wall. Like, he'll, he'll kill any guard that touches love for him.
2: Draymond and the legal screen?
1: Uh, Well, I was going to say, (laughs) the best screener of all time is arguably Andrew Bogut because he would move every time and they wouldn't call it ever. But still, the point is Adams is a really vital piece to that team. And with him being out, this team has completely lost its identity. I'm not laying eight and a half. I'm going to lean to Chicago. If they get killed, I wouldn't be totally surprised because Chicago is a psycho team. But I do think Memphis, under no circumstances, should be laying eight and a half based on current form. On principle, I got to lean to Chicago.
0: Uh,
2: yeah, I'm with you, Scott. Um, I don't think Memphis has to prove it to me. They've been in this spot, like, as far as okay, this is the spot that Memphis it it turns it it on and and blows out somebody, and they've lost. Um, they're two and eight ATS the last 10. Um, they're they were one of the better uh home ATS teams, but they've dropped a 15 and 10 ATS at home. Chicago is trending up their team that I've been betting on a, a lot, seven and three ATS the last 10 um they are 19 and 11 as a as a dog. Uh, they play extremely good defense. They've held four of the last five opponents to under 110 points. The only disadvantage that they have is they don't rebound the ball well. They're 27th in rebounds per game and they don't defend the paint. They're 23rd in rim percentage. And if you don't defend the paint against um New Orleans who I mean not New Orleans against the um Grizzlies who are first in points per game in the paint, you it's gonna be it's gonna be a long night. is gonna be able to get in the lane. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of slashing by Desmond Bain. Jaron Jackson uh, should have a good night as well because the only line of defense, if you want to call it defense, um, is Vucevic, and he's not gonna defend anybody. So, um, I'm I'm with you, Scott. I'm I'm, I'm on uh, Chicago. I think the number being drive, being drove up just is only. I, I think it's more smoke. I think people are gonna come in. I think the sharps gonna come in and, and bet on. Um, the Bulls here now. The Bulls also like the Ma- like the uh, Raptors that we talked about earlier. They have been linked to a ton of guys being moved. So I mean, I'm not sure how that works. I know Caruso is out tonight, right?
0: Um,
2: what does I he have? Traytonius
0: questionable.
2: Oh, uh, I thought I seen uh, Caruso being out, but let me. Um, I'm um, wondering that.
1: though, does he have Traytonius? Yeah, think it, I, I think his might
0: be very mild. Very mild, okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I think that um, a lot of those guys are um, are on the block. Uh, maybe everyone except DeRozan. To be honest, uh, I think that even him. I've, I've heard I've heard some things about him being um, put in mm-hmm. some situations. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like the Bulls here. Um, I'm gonna wait until uh, a little bit later until we get some some more uh, injury news on Chicago. But the only thing that worries me is is the paint defense and, and what the Grizzlies can do. Inside the paint with Jai getting getting to the rim as much as he can. So, uh, lean to the lean to the Bulls for now. Uh, I'll be on them uh, in some capacity uh, later on once I get a better number. Hopefully,
0: yeah. The only thing that makes me nervous about the Bulls here tonight in non-conference games, they haven't been very good. Like against the spread, I know Mem- we talked uh, a lot about Memphis this season against the West. They haven't been very good, but against the East, 14, 7 and one against the spread. Chicago six and twelve against the spread in non-conference games, and then I, I filtered it down even more. Uh, This season, the Bulls in away games uh, on the road, sorry, on the road in non-conference games. They're one in seven against the spread uh, and one in seven straight up. So I feel like that because like we just talked about their recent form, it's probably going to be a stay away for me. But I would not be surprised if the, you know, the Grizzlies found a way maybe with guys sitting for the Chicago Bulls that they do win this game by double digits. But I'm going to wait for the injury report for sure. Uh, right now, I would lean towards the Grizzlies here tonight. I think probably contrarian inside to it um, just because they've had so much success against the Eastern Conference this season. So um, I'll lean with the Grizzlies here. Um, thoughts on the total here, Scott?
1: I think I'm going to lean under. I don't feel great about it, but at the end of the day, Chicago still on a back-to-back. Wait, they're on a back-to-back, right? They play yesterday? Yeah,
0: they played last night.
1: That's what I thought. So they're on a back-to-back. I am wonder if they're going to bench some people. Uh, potentially, but they also are traveling from Chicago to Memphis. So they might come out flat. Memphis offensively has been really underwhelming lately. Uh, You're looking at their games, and they're having a really hard time even getting past 115. Just to go through their actual scores over the last couple of weeks, these are the amount of points that they've had. 103, 113, 112, 112, 111. Uh, They had 120 the game before that. 100, 110. Once again, they're they're barely reaching one fourteen. I'm going to go to the under.
0: Uh, Devonte, thoughts on the total?
1: Yeah, I, I
2: love the under. One of my favorite plays. Um, the only thing that does bother me, like you said, Scott, is the Bulls kind of want maybe want to sit some of those guys. Uh, maybe hoping the they sit
1: the star scores and you see Kobe White play thirty something minutes and then hey, lean to th- hey, under. But,
2: no, so. That's that's the leading score in North Carolina history, Kobe White. And, really? Yeah, he's a, he's a lead, he's the uh, high school. Um, leader in um, oh, high school. Okay, I think
1: they went yeah. with the Tar Heels. No, 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 like no, 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 it's no, no, right. Yeah, I thought you were no, talking no, about Tar Heels. No, no, yeah, yeah. He's the high school
0: uh, leader. Who
1: is, who is Carolina? All... Tansboro? Uh,
0: probably. Yeah, probably. probably. Is, he was out there all four years. My huh? favorite yeah.
1: college player of all time, Tower yeah. Hainsboro. But, yeah, so I think that
2: um, Memphis, Memphis offensively the last three games, 29th offensive efficiency, uh, is probably uh, around that same number in the last 10 games. So I don't think they... Now, there is a chance that you know the Bulls coming off that back-to-back are a little flat, and you know they just don't have the same effort as they did um, in recent in recent matchups. Uh, seven of the last ten of their games have went under. Like I said, they've held four of the last five opponents to under 110 points. Uh, now, obviously, it, it wasn't you know a team as offensively talented as Memphis, but as we've seen lately, Memphis hasn't put it together as Scott ran down the the scores. So. I'm leaning under. Um, eight of the last ten for Memphis have went under, also. So I think both defenses, um, pretty much thrive against one another.
0: Oh, uh, I just for fun I looked it up. North Carolina's leading scorer all time is a gentleman named Lenny Rosen Rosenbloth. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Hansbrough number two on that list, though. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm with you guys on the under here as well. I think that, um, we'll see a better defensive effort here tonight from the, um, from the Memphis Grizzlies again, when, when you're in the funk that you're in, you, you want to, you know, buckle down on the defensive side of the basketball. And I think that maybe you'll see some tired legs from the Chicago bulls in the second half, again, depending on who plays here tonight or who doesn't play here tonight, but, um, I would, I think this is a big number, especially for these two teams. Uh, I would lean towards the under in this game here as well. Player props in this game, uh, Devante, if you're looking at anything,
2: I got nothing. Literally, not one. Uh, Scott,
1: yeah. So Vucevic has been very kind to me. I don't know if he's a winning player in today's NBA, but for prop for player props, he's been very good. I like him for the assists. Mm-hmm. Been very good at facilitating a lot of short numbers out there. And you got to remember, this is a home game. So you know where I'm going. I'm taking Jaron Jackson blocks. So (laughs) I I, got to go back to that one. But, yeah, there's really no reason to not take Jaron Jackson for blocks. Uh, I think that Chicago, with Levine and DeRozan and with Vucevic, a lot of driving, a lot of opportunities to punch shots. Maybe he'll poke a ball or maybe it'll graze a fingernail and they'll give him a block for it. So give me Jaron Jackson blocks at home.
0: Jaron Jackson blocks. The
2: the chat loves Vucevic under, over. I'm seeing a bunch of guys like –
0: like Rusevich tonight. Blocks and uh, sorry, blocks and steals your time for Jaron Jackson. Three and a half at minus one sixty.
1: Of course it is. Okay. <laughs> and what's what's the blocks alone? Probably like two and a half minus uh,
0: one forty. Blocks maybe? alone is three and a half at. Plus, that makes no sense. It does. Three and a half at plus one thirty five. Well, it's because it's three and a half.
1: Uh, um, I mean, it, I'll take the. That's a little three. bit much, but yeah, at, at home you never know. I'm curious what That's the like home a, tax is on Jackson blocks.
0: Uh, and then his steals here tonight over half is minus 165. He's he's getting into the Elijah 1 blocks territory. Yeah, right now he's in, he's in the Dikembe Mutombo, in Mutombo. Territory. territory. He's trying yeah. to move
1: over into the Akeem territory, you
0: know? Yeah. yeah. You got anything else for this game? Nothing. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. Let's go to uh, the Mile High City here tonight. The uh, Minnesota Timberwolves in. Denver here tonight to take on the Nuggets. Um, This line opened up in favor of the Denver Nuggets at minus six and a half. The number's been bet up to minus eight and a half. Uh, The total opened up at 236. The number's been bet down to 234. Uh, Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, Kyle Anderson, Rudy Gobert, and Jordan McLaughlin are all questionable here tonight. Uh, Anthony, Anthony um, Carl Anthony Towns still is dealing with the right calf strain and Austin Rivers is also out for this game as he is serving the league suspension for the Denver Nuggets uh, KCP it's probable Aaron Gordon Nicola Jokic the Joker uh, Jamal Murray and Jack White are all probable here tonight and the only questionable tag is Zeke Naji. For the Denver Nuggets, um, Delante, why don't you lead us off for this game here tonight between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Denver Nuggets as they are a six and a nope eight and a half point home favorite.
2: Yeah, um, at the current number, I, I would probably play uh, Minnesota um, on the open. I, I like the Nuggets uh, a fair bit. They played uh, two days ago, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. and uh, they they got blown out. Um, if I, I think it was one twenty
0: to one hundred five, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, one twenty-eight ninety-eight. Uh, Minnesota got the victory
2: yeah. There here. we go. I know it's I know it's a blowout, but yeah. So I mean, I guess you can see why the money came in on Denver. Instant revenge spot for them uh, being at home. Uh, I like how Minnesota has been playing uh, as of late. Seven and three. Last ten ATS. They do struggle on the road. Ten and fourteen um, ATS. Defensively is is what I like about them the most. They've like amped it up. They're tied for first with Phoenix for number one. And defensive efficiency um in the last 10 games. But it's a different monster with the Nuggets. We all know how efficient they are, how well they score. Um Gobert's probably gonna foul out in the second quarter, uh, guarding um Joker. So after that, th- I mean Nas Reed is a nice player, but he's I mean, he's not gonna do anything with Joker. I mean, that's not a, you know a knock on him, I and mean, nobody can do anything with the Joker, but I would much rather take my chances with Gobert versus Nas Reed and and some of those other guys. So uh, I'll keep it short and sweet, man. I'll lean to the Minnesota side. I think it's maybe a tad bit high, maybe a little bit of an overreaction. Um, So I'll take the points with with Minnesota. I don't love it. I'm not going to be playing it, but I'll lean that way.
1: Scott? Yeah, my breakdown is going to be simple. I'm taking Denver first quarter. Uh, Just a very consistent spot for Denver where they've been a phenomenal first quarter team. You're at home where they've been especially good in the first quarter. You have a revenge spot and they benched pretty much all the starters last game and you're assuming they're going to be back. If you win a game by 30, but the other team uses DeAndre Jordan for 25 minutes, does it still count? (laughs) Like, I don't know, but I'm going to lean to Denver. I think it's a good spot for them to get their rested starters back to really just going back to a solid performance at home. Give me Denver first quarter. The, f- the full game I'm torn on, I'm going to lean to the under, though. This number just seems a little bit high to me, and I believe the line has dropped about a point and a half uh, compared to where it was on the overnight. So I'm going to lean under, but give me Denver first quarter. They are such a good first quarter team. Give me the Nuggets yeah. there in the first 12. I,
2: I got those, number for- those numbers for you too, Scott. The uh, the first quarter numbers, if if you want me to um, sure. r- rattle them off for you. So Denver thirty two and twenty thirty two twenty one and uh, one outscoring opponents three three point three seven uh, points per first quarter at home seventeen eleven and one
0: outscoring opponents by four points.
2: Uh, that, was when that was one I had that wrote down because that was going to be one of my plays too. So I'm with you on that.
0: What's the number for the first quarter? If
2: it's
1: eight, it should be like two and a half. Um, That'd be my guess. I'm sure it's probably somewhere split between two and a half and three, depending on. Uh, where you jump yeah, I around. see.
0: A, I see a three it's, on wind yeah. bet right now, but I'm sure there's two and a halves out there. Uh,
1: um, yeah, it's 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 like, it's plenty.
2: It's plenty. If you want a two and a half, you can get one.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the. Uh, if it's not broke, don't try to fix it. Right. Uh, Denver first quarter, especially. Obviously, nobody's played in that game for Denver Nuggets. Uh, in that game on was it on Sunday between these two teams. You just uh, have to toss
1: it out, don't you? I mean,
0: nobody yeah, played. Yeah, you got to toss it out. Um, but I think, obviously, with all the starters back in, surprisingly, Michael Porter Jr. played in that game for the Denver Nuggets. But, um, you know, I mean, Scott, you already mentioned, I'm not going to regurgitate everything that you said about the first quarter for the Denver Nuggets. Um, I think that Memphis probably in the second half, or sorry, uh, Minnesota in the second half, can, and it close. Um, the yeah, number does seem a tad bit high, but uh, I think that first quarter, they'll come out and play well to, uh, to the Denver Nuggets. Um, total, I would probably look at a Denver team total, maybe to go over here tonight. Um, I know defensively, Minnesota on the road has been better as of late, but overall their season stats, um, don't really, at least on the, uh, on the road, haven't, haven't been very good, uh, in my opinion here. So I, I think that with, with them getting obviously all the starters back, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic here tonight. Uh, I think that they should be able to. Uh, have a good night here at least scoring the basketball. Um, player props, if anything, in this game, Delonte, you got anything? Uh,
2: yeah, I like Michael Porter. Um, over 15 and a half, uh, he went over and he went over that number in five of the last six. Uh, he scored 22 a few days ago, like, as you mentioned, um, in, in that game. Uh, and he didn't shoot the ball well, it was two or ten from three. Minnesota doesn't have a defender at that position that could be able to withstand him. I think Anthony Edwards was on him. Um, for a fair bit of that game, um, he causes some problems. So I think it's a bounce back spot for Michael Porter
1: Jr. to have uh, 20 plus tonight. Uh, Scott, any player props? Uh, it's, it's pretty difficult when Jokic's triple doubles like minus 102. <laughs> it's, just, it's so dumb at the point we're at now with Jokic and his triple doubles. Tells you how good he is. Jamal Murray overs. Huh? Murray's been incredible. I've given him a hard time uh, since the injury because it took him a while to get going again. And even before he had his bubble moment there, I thought he was a little bit overrated. He's been great. I, I got to give him his flowers. Guy's been a hell of a player for the last couple of weeks. I'd look for Jamal Murray points, three-pointers. He's just been really good. I got nothing more to add about it. But I'd look for Murray, especially if Jokic is going to get those double-digit assists. I'm assuming a lot of them will beat to Jamal Murray off screens and potentially getting some open looks. Give me Murray for threes
0: uh murray's threes are right now two and a half at minus 160. i think that's a good maybe a ladder opportunity if you want to take that up to like four and a half or maybe in five and a half like yeah
1: i just want know. to look at his last couple of games from three because i know the points have definitely been there last three um, games 41 33 32 for three seven three seven two three so mm-hmm. two of the last three games he's had at least seven but i'm more interested in the 12 attempts in yeah. or the 11 plus attempts in each of the last three games I don't mind taking a ladder shot for Murray five three pointers. Okay, something like that. I mean that's uh, a lot of attempts.
0: yeah, yeah, he's getting that temp up. I think that's what something we we'll always kind of look at when we're doing with these uh, or identifying player props for these players. Um, yeah, I didn't have a uh, many player props in this game. obviously sometimes or not sometimes, but not a lot of jokers, player props or other either it's rebounds and assists are a little bit taxed now just because he just walks into mm-hmm. a gym and can put up a triple double. Uh, at will, uh, anything else for this game guys? Nope. No. Nope. All right. Uh, last game of the night, we have the OKC thunder in, uh, Hollywood here tonight to take on the Lakers. Uh, thunder did play last night in the Bay area to take on the golden state warriors where they did take a huge L Uh, That was uh, Terrell's uh, lock last night, minus three and a half, minus four, for the uh, Golden State Warriors against the Thunder. They lost 141-114 in that game. Uh, But tonight, they are going to be in L.A. to take on the Lakers. And currently, I am seeing this line at minus six and a half for the L.A. Lakers. Uh, Total opened up at 237 and a half. That number's been bet up to 239 in this game. Uh, Obviously, the big storyline, the big news, the, the the Everything or everybody, where what we're all waiting for is if LeBron is going to break the all-time scoring record. Uh, he is currently 36 points away from doing that. Uh, but as far as a game here tonight, guys, let's start with the side. Uh, Scott, why don't you lead us off with this game? The Lakers minus six and a half hosting the Oklahoma City Thunder.
1: I'm going to take the Thunder plus the points in this spot. I don't trust the Lakers enough, just simply put. Thunder giving given them some problems the last couple of years, and mm-hmm. they're on a back-to-back, but they basically no-showed the first game, and I don't exactly think the coach is going to show pity on them by letting a lot of guys rest. I see the starters playing a decent amount of minutes here. Uh, but you're looking at the spot for LeBron. I'm just going to ask straight up, is he petty enough to purposefully not go crazy in this game to always beat don't the finish. record against yes. Milwaukee? Because yes, I think he, he might be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, he is.
1: So if yeah. you think he's going to be petty enough, do you take LeBron assist?
0: I would. Yeah. Then I was just going to mention I would pivot to Anthony Davis player props here tonight.
1: But I, I think he is petty enough to do that Yeah, yeah. just for 100%. the record. So. Yeah. Of course,
0: yeah. I agree. Of course. Um, Delonte, why don't you? To- I like the over. Oh, this game. forgot okay. to mention. I like the over. Okay, uh Delonte, yeah. why don't you give a side and total?
2: Yeah, I'm with you on 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 the Thunder. Uh, I don't think the Lakers. I, I mean, they they have, they're not. They haven't did anything to be laying that big of a number to a, a team as spicy as as OKC. I know this is an OKC podcast, man. I see my my man Real in the chat saying, "Don't think too hard." He he's probably right. Like it's just, I think Bron is is gonna take it easy. Maybe a twenty five five, maybe twenty five five and eight type of night, um, just so he can break it uh, on Milwaukee. I mean, it's just. It's theatrics. It's LeBron. We all know it. he wants to to go out with the go out with the biggest uh, of the of the bang. So um, I like the Thunder here. Um, I think they'll get it done. Only thing that worries me is Anthony Davis should murder them inside. Oh, like,
1: oh he might yeah, go for like forty. Yeah, like <laughs> he he, he
2: should yeah he should have thirty five like a 35-15 type of game. Who's
1: guarding so. Muscala?
2: Psst, nobody.
1: I'm just yeah, saying, like, that's apparently who's going to be matched up on him. Like yeah,
2: So, yeah. So I like the Thunder here. Um, I don't, I don't think the Lakers should be laying this, this high of a number to, a, to a team as good as, um, as OKC. And what Shay, uh, what Shay's going to do to, to Schroeder, I, I don't think the kids should be watching.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you get your thoughts on the total there? Oh, the
2: total uh yeah, I would probably lean to the over. Uh both teams play with a little bit of a pace. Uh the Lakers obviously uh one of the fastest paced teams in the NBA.
1: Uh, both top 3. Uh,
2: yeah, so the, the Thunder um I kind of I, I don't know. I like if we if I think that that Anthony Davis is going to have success, then how much are the Lakers going to run? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, how much are they going to run if they're more effective when they're getting the ball to Anthony Davis? And they don't need Anthony Davis to run a lot because, you know, he could, you know, you know, twist the toe or anything, and he could be out for, for seven, eight weeks. So I think they want to get him the ball in the half court. Um, I'm leaning to the over thinking it's going to be more efficient um, half court basketball.
0: Yeah, I'm with you guys on the Thunder here tonight. I think this is way too many points. And and again, probably looking ahead for the Lakers as well, right? Uh, With with number one, LeBron on the brink of breaking the record and then um, them welcoming um, the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis to town on Thursday. So I think it's a good spot here for the Thunder to keep it close. We've talked about how great their numbers are on the road. Uh, this season for the Oklahoma City Thunder uh 15 and 10, 15 10 and 1 against spread at uh sorry on the road 15 6 and 1 against a spread on the road as home uh, sorry as road underdog so um i'm going to go with the with the thunder here as well uh total i think the one thing that does worry me is that both of these teams do like to run right whether if it is that more anthony davis in the half court offense so i still think they'll get up and down the floor in this game uh both these teams are top three and as far as pace uh and possessions per game lakers number two okc number three um so i i, I feel like if you want to play an over in this game i would probably look at the first half over and then maybe things kind of slow down in the second half um and then it turns into a half court offense so i'll probably lean with the first half over in this game Uh, Player props, I know we touched on Anthony Davis. Scott, anybody else that you're looking at as far as player props?
1: I mentioned LeBron assists. If we're expecting Davis to go nuts, uh, you're probably going to see LeBron get a bunch of assists there. Davis, you can really choose between points or rebounds or both. He's had 14 rebounds in each of the last two games. The shot attempts are what's crazy here. Davis in the last two games has attempted a total of 52 shots in the last two games. 52. In the last two games, and he's only gone to the line twelve times. You gotta get to the line more. Just saying. But I like the over for Davis points and rebounds. I saw Davis thirty-five plus points was three to one, which yeah, I think I like is that. tempting. Yeah. Uh thirty plus is plus one thirty. But the point is I think Davis is gonna have a field day in this game. I could really see him going for thirty-five and seventeen.
0: Yeah, right now I'd see twenty six and a half. A little bit of juice towards the over at minus one thirty-five. Um yeah, I think those were the only or that really Anthony Davis always zoned in on here tonight. Um Plante, any other player props in this game? Yeah, I'm looking at um LeBron under for for
2: obvious reasons as we as we discussed. Um mm-hmm. looking at his under. Um for points. Yeah, for points. I'm sorry. Yeah for points. I'm sorry, looking at his under for points. Also looking at Anthony Davis points and rebounds over thirty nine and a half. He went over in the last two. I think it's a great matchup for him. Uh I'm looking i I'm looking for a 30, 30 and you know fifteen type of game. Uh, from him. And especially if we think LeBron's going to go under, somebody's going to have to score. And it it ain't going to be Dennis Schroeder. It ain't going to be Thomas Bryant, Winyon Gabriel, and none of these other guys. So I think Anthony Davis takes advantage uh, of the opportunity tonight and dominates on the inside. Um, I do like uh, Jalen Williams, the J-Dub, the one they call J-Dub, the Santa Clara Um, uh, Jalen Williams. I like his points over. I think it's a good matchup for him uh, with you know the wing players of of the Lakers not being good defenders, so um, I think his number is at. Let me see. I had the wrong. I had the wrong. Jalen Williams wrote down. So let me get the right one.
1: It's fine. I'm sure the Thunder's coaching staff makes the same mistake when they call <laughs> substitutions <laughs> yeah. on the sideline.
2: Eleven and a half is, is is his number. So I like him over eleven and a
0: half as well. All right. Anything else for this game, guys? Nope. Nothing all right before we get into our uh, lock and dog gear for the tuesday games uh let me tell you guys about uh all the contests that are happening right now over on uh, the sports gambling podcast network uh the first one the big game bingo uh just make sure to sign up on the sgpn app and get your own big game bingo card full of all your favorite big game prop bets if you get bingo, you'll win a fifty-seven dollars SGPN gift card. Only catch is is you must be subscribed to the sports gambling podcast and the NFL gambling podcast on uh, YouTube to win. And also the SGPN fifty-seven bets challenge in honor of the big game. SGPN is hosting a prop bet contest. Make sure, uh, sorry, make your picks for the fifty-seven uh, different prop bets winner will get a $570 uh, gift card to the SGPN store as well as $570 in cash. All contests are free to play and they're exclusively only on the SGPN app. All right, gentlemen, let's get into our lock and dog here for tonight. Let's close it out strong here. Delante, why don't you lead us off, my man? What's your lock and dog?
2: Yeah, so for the lock, I'm going to go with uh, something that we talked about, something that we all pretty much agreed on, and that was uh, the Phoenix Suns. However, I'm going to go with the first quarter, uh, the Phoenix Suns' first quarter laying one and a half. Uh, you can get pretty much a one if, if you look for it, but one and a half is, is pretty much the consensus um, where most books have it. They're the fourth best first, first quarter team um, in the NBA, eight and two ATS the last 10 outscoring opponents by almost six points per uh, first quarter. So I think Brooklyn will come out a little bit flat. Um, Suns getting their leader back, and uh, I think that bodes well for early on, early and often. So uh, I think the Suns blow out Brooklyn here tonight. Uh, I'd rather get in, uh, get my money, and get out. So uh, Phoenix Suns first quarter, minus one and a half for the lock. As for the dog, um, I, it's, it's so many dogs that I like. I'm probably just going to go with Chicago. Uh, I'm thinking that Thinking that they uh, stay within this number, Memphis—they're in prove it mode to me. They got—they got to prove it. They got to prove to me that they can cover this number before I can fully uh, be on board with saying that they're back or quote close to being back. Because offensively, they haven't been good at all. Um, the Bulls defensively have been elite—one uh, of the better defenses in the NBA. I think some of those guys can uh, can get slowed down by the dip. Caruso being out does hurt me because uh, I would think that he would be the primary defender on Ja. But I still like them. Uh, I still like the Bulls here. Uh, so give me them plus, what, an eight, eight and a half?
0: Yeah. Plus, yeah so uh, you, let me see. You
2: can, you can get both numbers. Um, yeah. It's just for grading purposes. I
0: would say plus eight. Okay. Uh, Scott, what do you got?
1: All right. Uh, so for my lock, I'm just trying to think of which one I want to take because there's a couple of options I have here. I think I'm going to go back to that Bulls and Grizzlies game, and I'm going to go with the under in this one number just seems too high to me bulls are on a back-to-back grizzlies offensively I've mentioned the numbers before they've really not been good they've had a hard time reaching 115 and I still think that Memphis defensively is good enough with the rim protection with Jaron Jackson to potentially force Chicago into taking a bunch of outside jump shots worst case scenario intimidation I think team I think that the players might be a little bit timid to actually go into the paint and deal with him Uh, I forgot what the exact number was for the total for that bulls uh, Grizzlies game because it has moved
0: uh, I currently see two thirty-five and a half and a half over yep. on win bet. I'm um, sure there's better numbers out there. So I definitely shop around guys.
1: Okay. So two thirty-five and a half. I'll take the under as my lock.
0: Okay. And what do you got for your dog?
1: For my dog, I decided to be a little bit different. I am going to go with a three pick parlay. The same game parlay pays out 12 to one. I'm going to take the thunder on the money line. I'm going to take Anthony Davis, 30 plus points. And I'm going to take Anthony Davis, 12-plus rebounds. Three pick pays out, 12-to-1.
0: All right. If you want to do
1: 35-plus points, by the way, it's 26-to-1, I think.
0: Mm, Okay. Um, All right. For my luck here tonight, I think I'm in agreement with uh, Delante here on the Phoenix Suns here tonight. Uh, That number has now gone up to minus six, but I think that this is an opportunity for them to come into this game um, they're playing well, right? Brooklyn, three games, third game and four nights here. Um, I know all the hype is around Cam Thomas and what he's been able to do over the last two games. Um, but I think Phoenix right now, like I mentioned, playing better basketball, you get Devin Booker back tonight. I know he's going to be limited, but I just feel like uh, this is an opportunity for Phoenix to come in and just kind of take care of business uh, with Chris Ball there. I think DeAndre Aiden should have another big game like Zubach has last night against this Brooklyn Nets team. Um, so I'll take Phoenix Suns full game minus six against uh, sorry yeah, Phoenix Suns minus six uh, against the Brooklyn Nets here tonight um, for my dog. Not a lot of dogs that I did like here tonight. I probably have to pivot to the Anthony Davis because I feel like he's just going to have a huge game here tonight. My, my um,
1: safe play would have been the 30 plus plus 130, but I yeah. decided to go for the fun, whatever parlay instead, but. The safe choice is Davis 30-plus points.
0: Yeah, I was looking at either DeAndre Aiden 20-plus here tonight or um, Anthony Davis. I I think I got to go Anthony Davis 30-plus. I'll be playing the... 27 and a half over as well but I think at 30 plus at plus 130 um I mean Scott mentioned the the numbers and 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 how many shots he's just taken over his last two games right mm-hmm. it what was at 52 yeah over his last two games where he's gotten up and I think that you know LeBron is probably looking he's going to get his about, about 20 to 25 I mean 25 is probably the number for LeBron here tonight but I think that more focus for him is probably a Thursday night game against Milwaukee to break the all-time record and and maybe doesn't give the all-in effort here tonight, um, and but I think this is a game where it's it's a great matchup for Anthony Davis. Where who's like we talked about who's going to guard this guy here tonight? And I just don't see how, and unless they're double-teaming him, I just don't see how Anthony Davis doesn't get his tonight. So, thirty-plus points here tonight at plus one thirty for Anthony Davis uh, as my dog of the day. Uh, all right, gentlemen, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Uh, Scott, anything else we need to mention before we get out of here, bud?
1: Uh, no, you can just find me on Twitter, Rise Show Radio. Uh, besides that, if you are not busy for the next probably hour, Tro and I are about to do the exotic prop show for the NFL Gambling Podcast. <laughs> we'll be live streaming it there. So if you want to just jump into another live stream, you're busy at work, you're bored, you want to play some bets, you can find us there. We're talking about we're talking about some Rihanna props, so get excited!
2: Ooh, all right, love Rihanna, man. Uh, Delonte, anything else, my man? Nah, man, that's that's it. Uh, pretty much covered
0: it all. Yeah, make sure to follow Delonte on Twitter at xxlante xx. Uh, like Scott mentioned, follow him on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824, and then also follow the uh, Twitter account for the NBA Gambling Podcast at SGPN NBA. And if you haven't already. Do us a favor, hit that like button on the uh, live stream here on YouTube and also leave us a rating and review for the NBA Gambling Podcast, whether you listen on Spotify or whether you listen on your uh, podcast players. And again, head over to the SGPN app for all the uh, big game contests going on right now uh, on the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network, but they're only exclusively on the SGPN app. Alright, uh, Scott and Terrell will be back tomorrow uh for the Wednesday games uh in the association. Uh good luck tonight, everyone. Let's break these books off and let it ride.